All right. Welcome back to Bon Voyage, everybody. I'm Rob. I'm Adam. And a returning guest today is Ryan. Hey, hey. How's you going, buddy? Oh, getting through. I already forget. Was it Man with the Golden Gun? Yeah. So not too long ago. Yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And you wanted a different Bond experience this time. Today we are doing uh, Connery's fifth should have been last. Uh, you you only live twice. 1967's You Only Live Twice. Uh, you excited to see a Sean Connery one? Will this be your first? How are you feeling about it? Good, good. Pumped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the most excited I've been for a while. It's been a long time since I've seen this one. And uh, oh, yeah. last time I liked it a lot. How are you feeling, Adam? We've, we've gone through three Rogies. Now we're back to Sean Connery. It'll be nice to have a change from Mr. Moore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's another hot day, so I'm a little like, this is going to, you know, drag on potentially, but hopefully it'll be from nice. From what I remember, this is a bit more uh, action-packed. Not action-packed, but like, it's a quick one, I think. I don't remember much about it. I know that it's another very similar plot to a lot of the other Bond movies. Uh, mm. Spectre's back. There's some cool gadgets and like all, I think I mentioned this to you, Ryan, when you were here, that's why we wanted to hold this one out for you. A lot of the iconic stuff that you see in like Austin Powers comes from this one, the lairs and the villain and there's, yeah, you'll see. It's very uh, animated, right? Yeah. This is pretty campy Connery for sure. Yeah. Do you know who, do you know who wrote the screenplay? Do I ever? That was a thank you for that. Did you look at this already? Yeah. Well, I, I looked into some stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they they did an exchange. So uh, Ian Fleming wrote the screenplay for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, <laughs> Roald Dahl book, and Roald Dahl wrote the screenplay for this one, which is pretty sweet. Wow. It makes sense when you see it. <laughs> what is Roald, Roald Dahl famous for? Willy Wonka. Uh, James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. Chitty Chitty Bang yeah, Bang. Until I see the witches. The BFG. That one's re- being remade right now. Oh, oh yeah, I, I saw that. There's yeah, so it's he's a child's author, but it's crazy. His work is nuts. Are you searching stuff there, Adam? Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna ask. Uh, Lewis Gilbert directed this one. I know that, and I can't remember if it's first. If it's his first, he's it's the same director as Moonraker for sure. Maybe Oct- him, yeah. Maybe Octopussy. Anyway, he's done a few. This guy, I can't remember if this one's his first or not. This is one. Uh, Connery gets accused of being checked out a lot. He's kind of bored, so this is not the best Connery one. Yeah, he he announced pre-filming that this was his last, and then filming it made it even worse. They they went to Japan, and he was huge there. They shot it; most of it takes place in Japan, and like he couldn't go to. There was once he went to a bathroom, and the paparazzi were like over the stall taking pictures of him. Like he had no privacy totally not used to it like this is when all of that was new and just starting right and he wasn't wearing the hairpiece when he came off the plane and they say is this how james bond looks he says no this is how sean connery looks (laughs) yeah (laughs) nice oh man yeah and he was i don't know if he was misquoted or but he said he didn't didn't find asian women attractive so (laughs) uh there's some similar lines actually in the movie i'm pretty sure (laughs) Interesting. And he yeah. and he definitely there's some yellow face in it, right? 
There sure is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how oh, no. how tall is Sean Connery, by the way? I I don't know. <laughs> since since you're right there, Adam. Uh, yeah, he goes in yellow face, as though this whatever foot tall Scots, all he does is slouch basically and changes hair. It's it's pretty horrible. Not the best secret agent moment. <laughs> he is uh, six foot two. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Not that. I don't even know what the average height is. Maybe I'm stereotyping now. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right. Height, height is not the problem here. But I think yeah. we said this in another episode. Sean Connery is Sean Connery no matter what he's doing. If he's a Russian uh, submarine <laughs> captain, he's still that Scotsman. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah he, he's not a very convincing Japanese man in this. He's not a very convincing anything. But Sean Connery, <laughs> except or well, Bond. <laughs> he's he's just. Bond. Did you say? Did you say Ryan that you haven't seen a Connery Bond before? I haven't. Is that so true? this will be my first. Yeah. Nice. I mentioned before we started recording, we got to do our quickly. We'll try to do it quickly, and this will help you, Ryan, to know where Bond's at in our uh, timeline. This will be his thirteenth mission. Maybe that explains why Connery's so tired in this one. Uh, so mm, it's in, foreshadowing for later yeah. tired bond. Yeah. There are a few tired ones, although we still got a few really happy Rogies left where he's not too tired. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he has his ups and downs, I guess. So we did in this last run of six, we did three Spectre Connery ones and then three Rogie ones. So the last, all right, how about this, Adam? How many years do you think that was within the life of this character? Yeah, doc, so Dr. No from Russia with Love, right? And Thunderball. And Thunderball. Then to... Uh, Man with the Golden Man Gun. Man with the Golden Gun. Moonraker. Moonraker. Octopussy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's would seem like it's got to be a few years, right? Like, yeah. Like, he, like I would say he averages like six months a mission, maybe. He's got to take a little break in between. And there were some big ones. Like, was it um, uh, Thunderball had like the nukes involved and like Spectre kind of, you said, they yeah. went under. Yeah. All right. Well, so in Dr. No, he's sent to uh, Jamaica to investigate uh, why satellites are being mysteriously falling from the sky. He discovers that uh, like, where were they taking off? Some Cape Canaveral or whatever. So he goes to Jamaica where there's this laser taking down satellites and ships. And he discovers that it's Dr. No. Mm-hmm. Kills him, stops him from taking down more satellites. And that's his first brush with Spectre. Because Dr. No is a part of Spectre. As we find out when they have dinner together, he uh, Bond asks if he's working for the Chinese or the Russians or whoever. And he just kind of laughs at him. He says, we're bigger than any country. Uh, I belong to Spectre. <laughs> he also says no one else would take me, so I'm with this. <laughs> and what does Spectre stand for again? I'll, I'll look it up. So it's Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion. Yeah. They're basically a business, a big criminal organization that's a business. Just world domination. World domination. Same old, same old game, same old bag. I don't know. He says something like that in Dr. No. Defeats him. The next movie, and from Russia with Love, Spectre organizes a plan to uh, try to get Britain and Russia to fight while stealing. What was the Lecter again? It was uh, something for breaking codes, maybe? Yeah, it was like a decoder, basically. Yeah. Yeah. 
and to try to get revenge on Bond for killing Dr. No. That's about it. They come up with this big plot to drag him in. What did they do? They kept framing Russia and Britain on little attacks against each other in Turkey. Yeah. And managed to steal the lector. Bond stops him again, pissing off Spectre again, foils their plot again. And then in Thunderball, he went for a big swim and stopped some nukes. That's all I remember is water. Basically, they like Spectre (laughs) arranged to steal some nukes from, I think it was like a British vessel or something. Oh, no. It was, remember, it was the, uh, they did the big face swap thing at the, uh, yeah. At that rehab center, and the guy stole a stole a plane or a jet that had nukes on it, crashed yeah. it in the water, and they used all their underwater shit to go down to the ship, get the nukes, hold the world yeah. hostage. That old thing. Well, the, the whole thing was give us a bunch of money, or we'll blow everything up. We're gonna blow up <laughs> right. London or New York or Paris or something. They didn't know which yeah. it was gonna be. Bond saved the day right at the last minute. Uh, killed number two killed the second in command of Spectre. Mm -hmm. And in our chronology, Spectre's just like, you know what? We're going to go away for a little while. I give up. They took a big hit and had to recoup. Yeah. So in Dr. No, you didn't see the head of uh, Spectre at all. And then in From Russia With Love, you saw the back of his head and his hand. And then in um, Thunderball, you saw his silhouette behind a screen while he was still petting his cat. Yeah, they're pissed off and take a big step back. And then you remember, man, with the golden gun, Bond is away from uh, Spectre for a while and gets pulled into a conflict with Scaramanga because one of his ladies sends Bond a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> because Bond is f- famous at this point. Yeah, because he keeps saving the world. He saved the freaking world, man, with the nukes and everything. So yeah. this woman's like, well, I got to kill my freaking dude because he's really spooky. Psycho assassin boyfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I got to get Bond involved and yeah. And that was a success. Bond goes in, kills Scaramanga, gets the Solex agitator that helps them through their energy crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then uh, yeah. there's this troublesome – oh, uh, uh, a ship crashes that's supposed to be transporting a shuttle, but there's no shuttle at the crash site. So James Bond has to go mm-hmm. in and investigate to discover that the man who built this shuttle is the one who's been stealing them anyway in Moonraker. And he has this yeah. big dastardly plot to – he's like Hitler times a bit, gets the purest people, sends them to space. Creating his own space Noah's Ark situation. Exactly. Shuttles off a bunch of people to space. He's going to poison the earth with this gas that he developed, kill everybody, then move them back down. Bond heads up to space with Dr. Goodhead, saves yeah. the day with the help of Jaws. <laughs> yeah, you missed a good one there, Ryan. Oh, my God. Is that Moonraker? That's Moonraker. That's, that's Moonraker. Was that like the like the most box office hit for one, or what was I, that? I don't think so. Like, no. Like, with inflation, Skyfall's still bigger, I think. Even Spectre. I suppose, like, huge. but at the time, like, for those kind of period ones. I don't. I don't think so. We'll have to look maybe in between. We'll look at that. Ask us later. We should do that mm-hmm. too as, with our recap. What 
Well, we've been talking about what we're going to do for uh, specials because we, we've got three extra weeks between all the movies, between here and No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. So we got to do a few extra episodes. So we could uh, we could go into some more background details on some of these movies maybe, yeah. where, where they rank box office-wise and stuff. Um, I don't think that one was a huge success, Moonraker. Like they tried to do Star Wars and it's definitely not that. But me, I, I don't know. It doesn't stand out in my memory as like – I've never read that it was a huge one. Hmm. Octopussy, however, was released against Never Say Never Again and did a lot better than that for some goddamn reason. I already... Because it's an amazing film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that one, again... Oh, well, it was very exciting, I guess. Bond, again, stops a nuke from going off. Uh, uh, Not really a defect. A rogue Russian general... Uh, manages to sneak a bomb into an American base in West Germany. And it's an American bomb, and he's trying to make it look like an accident so that all the West will want to uh, pr- proceed with disarmament and get rid of all their nukes so they'll be at a disadvantage so Russia can then take over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like, if it was just that, it would have been pretty good. But then there's this whole other villain that's actually the main villain. And there's like jewel smuggling and this badass lady named Octopussy. And there's a circus. <laughs> yeah. Bond dresses as an ape, as a clown, as a crocodile. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a dude with a skill saw yo-yo. This is Connor. Uh, no, this is no, Raji. That's, that's Raji Moore. <laughs> he yeah. tells a tiger to sit. He tells a snake to hiss off, and it does. He does a, yeah. he does a Tarzan <laughs> yell through the jungle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's quite something. But this one yeah. that we're watching today, you only look close. Yeah. It's like peak Bond, right? Like it was like in the culture at this point. Like this Big is, time, yeah. big time. Because it, it came out the same year as the TV movie Casino Royale, right? Didn't it? I thought that was 57. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. It? So it's yeah, it was before. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, this is riding the wave of, like, it was, it just no. kept. No, you're right, Ryan. Actually, they yep. were at the same time. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of, so there was like a black and white Casino Royale, too, where the guy's name was Jimmy Bond and it was American. Uh, and that one was. 50s, I think. Anyway, this one, though, is uh, Riding the Wave of Goldfinger, then Thunderball. Both were huge successes. And, uh, yeah, it's the fifth. Like That's a that's a big franchise at that point. It's probably, what, like, the most that's stapled into pop culture. This one? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Not compared to Goldfinger. Like, that's the one. You know, that's odd job. No, I expect you to die. <laughs> All of that. Gold Goldfinger is like the uh, whatever you want to call it. And Blofeld could be argued as the best villain too. I I completely agree with that. Blofeld would probably rank higher for me on villains than Goldfinger. But Goldfinger is the one that set the formula and all that. It's a uh, I don't. I think it stands. If you look at most rankings, you only live twice doesn't often make the top half of like critically acclaimed ones, but Goldfinger's always top three. Yeah. But I think it's, it, it's more top like five. It's, uh, Connery's last, that yeah, he thought it was going to be his last and Roger Moore's first, like two different points in their career bond. Right. Well, after this one is Lazenby and then Connery does another one and then it's more. Yeah. In your order. 
but like in no the, no no in, in release order oh, in it? my order it's it's different yeah our, i forget what our next one's going to be oh our next one's the last connery uh no, it, it was 67, this one, and then 68 or 69 is Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which is George Lazenby, and then it's Diamonds Are Forever, which is Connery. They brought Connery back. Well, we could look at it like this. This is when the wave crashed because then he quit and George Lazenby came in and nobody liked it and it did poorly and he was uh, very resistant uh, to – the press tours and all of that with it. it. It didn't do well at all. And then they had to throw a bunch of money at Connery to come back for Diamonds Are Forever. That Honor mm. Majesty's Secret Service has aged exceptionally well. It's now most people's favorites, like in, you know, benefit of 50 year hindsight. But at the time, it did not do well. Interesting. That's a lot, a lot of context. Anything else to add for the last six movies, Adam? I don't know what else uh, stands out. That was a lot easier than last time. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's it was kind of like two different trilogies, right? So we had a bunch of Spectre stuff, and then we had a bunch of kind of one. We could say missions. like Bo- Bond was in his stride, right? Like yeah. Roger Moore, he was enjoying himself being a spy, uh, and then maybe that leads us back to Spectre comes back, and maybe there's something that intimidates Bond more, and he gets a little more serious for this one. I f- I forget where they are in this pre-title sequence. But let's uh, let's pretend wherever Octopussy ended, he's here for a vacation. Because I remember what happens. But you know, he he just saved Europe from another nuke. M sends him mm-hmm. off on a vacation, and that's where we pick up on "You Only Live Twice." He's off. He I forget where the hell he is, but mm-hmm. he's not on mission right now. I I, I want to take back what I said about this being peak Bond. It, it, I think it's more of a fashion belief. It was peak spy. Like that era, yeah. Like if you think yeah. like all the shows that existed around that time, right, right, yeah. And mm. height of the Cold War too, sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. I don't know. Yeah. You, you could argue that. Well, like, uh, yeah, there's a bunch, but a Cuban Missile Crisis could have been. There, I know there's a bunch of pretty big peaks of the Cuban Missile Crisis, but it's deeply embedded in the culture at this point. It and it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. No, that's it. I guess. I'm really excited though. The friggin' set pieces in this one are incredible. Ken, Ad- the set designer Ken Adam is at his finest. The miniatures are friggin' great. Oh, keep an eye, look to look out for. Like, look in the background at the random extras and stunt doubles and the crazy shit they get up to. Like, there's several really far back shots where there's dozens of people who should just be randomly fighting. And sometimes they're not. It looks like they're just dancing in front of each other. Dudes are just doing, (laughs) like, flips randomly. It's awesome. (laughs) I would love to see this in the theater sometime. See if you can spot um, Sean Connery's wife. Oh, she's in this one, is she? Yeah, as a, a double, somebody's double. Nice. All right. Well, let's, uh, oh yeah. Uh, if you all have anything to add, uh, check us out, uh, on Instagram and Twitter at 007 bon voyage or email us at 007 bon voyage at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, stick around for a few seconds. We'll be back to talk. You only live twice. See you soon. Bye-bye.
Okay, we're back. Uh, yeah, I never really know how to start when we come back, considering we've been talking for a few minutes. But, uh, well, let's just do what we normally do. How's everybody feeling? Did you enjoy yourself, Ryan? Yes, I certainly did. Very entertaining. Adam? Uh, yes. Okay. And there's... Yeah. Caveat there? Okay. I... We got to get to, I got to remind you sometime when we're not recording to ask me. So it's not like me answering my own question. I also had fun guys. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 Rob. Hey, how did, how did you feel this time? Man, I think I've said this the last, no, I didn't say it last week for sure, but there's been a few where I'm like excited and then surprised that it's even better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I'm sure there are better ones. I know that we've watched several that always rank higher for me on my list, but I don't remember just straight up not even feeling the need to like look at my phone or get up. I wasn't bored once. I love this movie. Oh, wow. That's my first thought. Uh, you guys might disagree. That could have just been the mood I was in, but... I I definitely... I had a bit of a, a longer day today in the sun, and it was hot, so... It could be that. I did not. I didn't work yeah. today, in case anyone's wondering. Yeah. Normally, Adam and I work together. but uh, And I, I worked, and I even got up early, went for a run before work and stuff. Well, so well you're an insane person today. <laughs> you're not supposed to run and then work in the sun all day. Yeah, I'm just trying it out, you know. Adam, you going to try to give us a summary? I mean, you're not Adam. Uh, Ryan, you going to try to give us a <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can, I can give her a go. I can. All right. Remember, we want DVD box description kind of summary. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you can manage. Okay. So. I mean, th- those who have been on the show and haven't done that, we're not throwing you under the bus at all, but it's a challenge going <laughs> to. Billy. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'm a victim of it, or sorry, not a victim, guilty of it as well. <laughs> sorry, Ryan, go ahead. Okay. Bond is dispatched to Japan after American-Soviet manned spacecraft disappear mysteriously in orbit. With each nation blaming the other amidst the Cold War, Bond travels secretly to a remote Japanese island in order to find the perpetrators and comes face-to-face with Ernest Stavro Brofeld, <laughs> the head of Spectre. Wow. Is that it? I think that's the actual VHS. I tried to find it. <laughs> do, you, do you want man? That's more like that. That's the tease. That's like when you rent it or something. That, hey, we'll take it. I like that. I do have yeah. another one. Like that. Literally, no. I went and found that one. But just. I was gonna say, I we got to start taking more pictures or something to post with, uh, like when we upload the episode. But I have the actual VHS here. I was going to read that after you were done. Was that, but, uh, was that it? So, No, it's a few paragraphs. Yeah. But, you know, that's close. Yeah. All right, do your summary. All right. At the height of the Cold War, Her Majesty's government decides to meddle in a space conflict without a space program. <laughs> <laughs> that decision quickly gets Bond sandwiched between a wall and a bed, only to be shot off like... <laughs> Like a Yakuza wedding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hugh Sinatra's daughter in the opening titles. <laughs> and what would be one day remixed into perhaps the worst song called Millennium. What? That's such a good song. You're insane. 
<laughs> but the death is just a ruse, setting him on his way to Japan. Upon his arrival, Bond attends a sumo match where he's approached by Japanese Secret Service agent Akai, or Aki, I don't know, who takes him to meet local M16 oper- operative Henderson. But Henderson claims to have critical evidence, but is killed very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly, very silently. Yeah. And he gets saved by. Oh, no, I'm, I skipped a paragraph. So, see, like, this is why I went and found a short one. <laughs> it's so yeah. hard. Uh, <laughs> so, Henderson claims to have critical evidence about the rogue craft, but is stabbed in the back. Bond uh, chases after and kills the assassin, assuming his identity and gets taken to Ozato Chemicals. After only... After stealing some secret files, he is saved by a key in a Toyota 2000 (laughs) GT Roadster. Sweet car. (laughs) Important details. This is what it's all about, Adam, in case you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Bond goes back to Osanto Chemicals, he uncovers Spectre agents and is captured, and the female agent tries to interrogate Bond and then try to kill him via plane tries to kill him via a plane crash, basically, blowing up the plane. She bails. Uh, and then Bond managed to evade eh, the trap and land the plane and then flee before the plane explodes. <laughs> Bond style. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> and then Bond, Bond flies over a volcano in a heavily armed auto gyro. <laughs> Did you catch the name that you gave it? Little That's little, little Nelly. Little Nelly. Yeah, yeah that's Little Nelly. <laughs> Definitely a top gadget of the whole franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I love the building sequence. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my gosh. It's a tough debate whether that's a vehicle or a gadget, but it came in a suitcase, or sorry, five suitcases. <laughs> so I think it's a gadget. So, and then Bond is attacked uh, by four helicopters, obviously, shoots them down, wins, and realizes that the base is uh, nearby. And and then a Soviet uh, spacecraft is captured, and then they realize where it goes into the volcano. And that's when Bond discovers the Spectre's lair and their whole scheme. And he gets in there, and Blofeld uh, recognizes that he doesn't know what he's doing when he's getting in the spacecraft <laughs> and points him right out. <laughs> rookie. Complete rookie. Yeah. And Bond says, do you mind if I smoke? (laughs) Blowfield, oh, it won't be the cigarettes to kill you, Mr. Bond, or the nicotine. Anyway, so the the cigarette is a dart, or sorry, a gun. I don't even know what it was. What was it, Rob? A bullet. Yeah, a bullet. There's a bullet inside of the, yeah, that was what Tanaka gave him. In the yeah. Japanese Q lair, Q lab, and it's like a, a ro- rocket gun cigarette. Yeah. Anyway, so that triggers off his big plan, and they let the ninjas in. 
<laughs> they just and des- they let the ninjas they just in. descend, <laughs> and then they kill like seventy yeah. Spectre agents. <laughs> yeah, foot soldiers. A lot yeah. of a lot of killing. <laughs> Meaningless killing. And Blowfield sets the self destruct sequence, and escapes. Escapes and Bond escapes with a select few of ninjas. And mm-hmm. those ast- astronauts. And foils Blofeld's plot. Well. Which I'm not exactly yeah. sure what it was. But we'll It was get- just the classic, like, I'm going to set these people against each other. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Let's let's start with that for a change. I, I don't really... Un- it, was it really just trying to start a war? Or is he actually getting something else from these ships? And if it's just to keep... To get a war going... Why did he keep all the astronauts hostage? Why not just kill them? Well, the the kind of movie pivot point is definitely like to get a war because like that climactic, you know, last 10 seconds bond for, thing at the end sure. is he blows it up right before the Americans are going to start but war. Normally with these plots, it's they want to start a war, but they're also taking some cash or something. So like are they when they capture these shuttles and bring them back, are they also like selling them for something or using them for rep? there's usually a side deal going on. Like the big plot is let's create a war between east and west. That's almost always the case. And then there's the other thing. I don't know what the other thing is in this one. What's like Osato or whatever, he really, really wanted a war between Russia and America. And to to gain what? I wasn't sure of his motives either, if he's just a Spectre agent. There's a few confusing things here. Perhaps you guys can enlighten me. What was Osato's goal? I didn't really gather anything. Do you know, Ryan? That's just it. War between East, east and West, I think. And then pr- well, profit from that war. Right, it's got to be vague money to be made somehow. He's like a Japanese industrialist. Presumably, a war between East and West would be profitable for him. Do you Mm -hmm. want me to bother with the uh, VHS summary? Is is there any comedic element in that? I don't know. Is it funny? The subtitle is "A Disaster in Space Pushes Humankind, (laughs) not Mankind, Humankind." War, World War Three, and only Ooh. Agent 007 can prevent it. That's the subtitle. Yeah, hmm. I think he was pretty close, actually, looking over it. Yeah, I won't bother. That was a good summary, Ryan. It was, yeah, like you hit all the major points. It didn't go too long. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Let's, I got some things with the pre-title. Well, first of all, I was wrong in our intro when I said, uh, I think Bond is just on vacation. They actually sent him there to be with, like, it was a whole plot to mm-hmm. fake his death. I thought he yeah. was like so many times I've seen this movie and he's like in bed with the woman and I'm, I'm just not paying attention. And I never really understood the fake assassination part. I'm sure I have at some point when I watched it, but most, most of the times I've seen this, I found that kind of confusing, but he was literally sent there to fake his death, I guess. So coming yeah. off Octopussy, we'll assume that uh, maybe he's been on vacation, he's been laying low a little while, and there's been some new Spectre chatter, and then this uh, space shuttle thing happens, and they send him to Hong Kong to fake his death, to get back to fight Inspector. I guess that's the plot. Or that's, that's the tie-in from the last movie. I would even say, like, because he's been so active in his past few missions and got, gained a lot of notoriety, yeah, especially yeah. since Man with a Golden Gun and then all the other successes that... Um, like even like in Octopussy, actually, it ends with him 
you know, very obnoxiously saving the day in front of like a bunch of Americans and a whole circus full of people like. Right. Uh, maybe he's there's too much uh, chatter about Bond and he needs to yeah, die. Yeah. <laughs> so how about in our chronology, we'll say uh, he doesn't even get credit for this one. Officially speaking, Bond is still dead. Hmm. Does yeah. that hold up in the next movie? We'll find out. <laughs> next <laughs> week. <laughs> um, you mentioned it in your summary, Ryan. Uh, the UK putting themselves into the space conflict without a space program. But how <laughs> that, that, that scene in the pre-title sequence is so hilarious. And how snobby and arrogant condescending the brits are and in this series yeah. in particular oh, yeah. like russia and america are just these children fighting and well actually we have this different opinion as to what happened <laughs> and we're going to send our best agent better than anybody you've got in to figure it all out oh he's already there actually yeah that's right yeah. you know he's in china yeah he was in china that's yeah. right yeah. yeah yeah so funny well um but remember he was the first in uh, Oriental languages. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It's like uh, what was the pecan duck thing? Oh, oh god. my god! Oh, you had no. so many. Why? Oh, why do Asian women taste so different? <laughs> it's all, oh, better? No, like, just different. Just different. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, you it's like, asshole. I love I love Russian caviar, and, uh, Chinese speaking duck, but. Uh, <laughs> But they're both just different. It's funny because later he compliments the Russian vodka and disses the Siamese vodka. <laughs> totally, yeah. That's or Siamese. So yeah, Siamese, yeah. Um, so much of Bond's inappropriateness is only bad because it's on. I think we've talked about this before. There are things that I would do in private, joking with a consenting woman who knows my sense of humor and we all know what's going on. But on screen, it just lands different. Yeah. Careful what you say like, here, Rob. Jeez. Yeah, well, cancel away. <laughs> Who am I? But no, for real, like some of like, you know, you can never mind. All right. I don't want to get in any fucking trouble. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not that bad to uh, never mind. I don't even know what I want to say. Just Right, so don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God damn it. I'm censoring myself here. Uh, well, I'm not even. I just don't know what I mean just yet. I'll be but, your uh, filter. All right, all right. That wasn't so egregious. I, all right, we can talk more about him first if you have anything about uh, he and whatever her name was. Like in the uh, pre-credits? Yeah, yeah, in the pre-title, yeah, yeah. yeah um, Sounds like you guys have some things to say. <laughs> I want to talk about the space kidnapping of the ship, but we can do that first. Well, that like probably was the first time that kind of shot was done, wasn't it? Like in space, pre moon landing, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, once you're aware of it, that it's just miniatures or whatever, it can be a little distracting. But it's a the really slow motion when the guy was doing the spacewalk. Is a like it's a real slow shot. Yeah. It's pretty epic. It's pretty cool. And he gets cut off. I thought that yeah. was pretty. Yeah, dramatic. and he just wanders off. Totally, very dramatic. Yeah. I've, there was one shot that I was totally distracted by, where the Earth is spinning like a child just spun the globe. Like, 
Oh, it right. is moving way too fast. And I don't know if it's because the camera was panning or something. Because they, they probably, presumably, I don't know if it's like rear projection and there's a screen behind them or if they have like an actual globe behind these miniatures that they're taping. But however it worked, there was one shot. The camera was panning right and it made the earth look like it was rotating left very quickly. And, and then the next shot, it was basically stationary. And then the next shot, it was moving again, but kind of slow. And this is the first time I noticed it and I was distracted. <laughs> well. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't focus on that, those kind of minute details, but. Yeah, I definitely didn't notice that. Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> notice that either. Yeah, that's what comes from watching these like dozens of times. <laughs> yeah. But that the, um, the, the spacecrafts, they looked a lot like uh, Thunderbirds. You know that old show? It was remade into a movie, I think, too. I don't know it. Anyway, I don't think. anyway, I don't know the, it. the the main uh, calm guy in the like down in Houston or wherever is uh, the is one of the voices in that show. So it was kind of oh really yeah because it's right around uh, that era okay. too. So kind of a nod to that. That's a great nod. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw this thinking that that's a hell of an open. It's very dramatic. Like like the guy being mm. left out in space and just a ship opening up like that. Seeing that in the theater back in 67 would have been pretty incredible. I uh, probably contributed to like disbelief of the real moon landing. <laughs> they can do it in that. Show. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz yeah. it looks so good. Oh You're my like, god, oh, I guess. Moon landing's fake too. <laughs> I always say that about uh people who say they faked the moon landing if they faked it it would have looked better like the footage that came from the moon actually sucked shit compared to what they were doing <laughs> on in film uh ryan i think you, have you watched all of mad men yeah yeah there's i think it's like season five or six he goes to see you only live twice uh and it's when He's trying, maybe it's earlier. I, I don't know. I got to watch it again because Hilton is mentioned and it's when he's trying to get Hilton as a client and Nancy Sinatra's you only live twice is throughout the episode. The episode ends with him putting that on, uh, on record and like sitting and mixing himself a drink. And he's wearing basically Sean Connery's bond fatigues, you know, the, the shirt and the tie sitting back with a drink and crossing his legs to that song playing. It's that whole thing, this whole movie, and 67, that period, it's so iconic. There's so much shit there. Yeah, it's one of my favorite shows. Mm. Oh, yeah. Me too. Interesting. I've only seen like two seasons of it, I think. Get out of here. I think I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen the whole thing two or three times. <laughs> I love that show. It, yeah, I need to rewatch it. I'll watch all of it sometime. So it started with that, right? It started with space, then it goes to Bond, then it's the uh, war room, like the UN kind of thing, and then it's Bond yeah. getting fake killed. Did you guys? Yeah. <laughs> I liked your stuck between a wall and a bed. I, I thought it was awesome, honestly, that he died <laughs> in that pre-title. Like, I didn't put it together. It's called You Only Live Twice. I didn't, you know, it's not often the title. Well, I guess that's a lie. Sometimes <laughs> the title means a lot. And sometimes the title, it's not super important, right? Yeah. Like, like the Living Daylights, for example. It's like, okay. Or it's a line. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah it's yeah. not great. Or a view to a kill or yeah, you're right. This one is straight up. He gets, yeah, he dies at the start. But it's a line too. Blofeld says it. Yeah. Blofeld says it later too, which I thought was great. It's limited screen yeah. time. Yeah. Too, too limited. Yeah. I had some weird like 
uh inse- like insecurity or i was freaking out i was like am i watching the right movie like this doesn't seem like it like blofeld's the villain like i'm really confused <laughs> like what's going on yeah it's um it's bizarre i love every second that he's in it and there's really like you said it's not enough we don't get we don't get him and bond alone we don't get them like eating a meal together. We don't get much of his philosophy, mm-hmm. but it's still great. Like this is the first, this is huge. This is the first time we see Blofeld. He's the man behind the curtain. And yeah. I always loved it, but watching it, especially the way we've been watching it with all of this buildup, I don't know that it's enough. And that might lose a point or two. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, he, he's great. And I'm not taking, this is, it's uh, not Telly Savalas. Uh, Telly Savalas, who plays him in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Donald Pleasance. How many people have played him? Including like hands and silhouettes or full-on <laughs> Just people? People. Uh, well, including, they're all people, but... <laughs> well, actually, I don't want to spoil too much for Adam, but a few. Yeah. I Because, again, I, I look at Wikipedia and get some of the, the na- character names and stuff. I saw that uh, Henderson in this movie is who plays... Uh, Bell, Bell, what's his name? Blofeld. Blofeld in, in, uh, in Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, he could, yeah. Oh, really? Henderson comes. Oh, okay. The actor. Yeah. yeah. So, in, I was actually going to save this for then, but in our, they deal with clones and stuff in uh, Diamonds Are Forever. So, in our timeline, uh, he used him to trick Bond, is what I was going to say. The, the agent that died in Japan, I'm going to... It's not even cloning. He changes his whole... You'll see. We'll get to that next week. There's a lot it's of a, it's facial a reconstruction in Bond. There is, yeah. Okay. There is. That's a frequent theme in these early spy movies, facial reconstruction. It was all. It was through the Mission Impossible series, like the TV series, with like the, oh, okay. the masks, the Scooby-Doo masks. <laughs> we just jumped right to Blofeld, but... Um, that's fine. But uh, before we get too far into stuff, I wanted to ask Ryan, what do you think of Sean Connery as Bond? Oh, yeah, this is your first time. Fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and knowing that it was like he like didn't really want to do it, I could notice how lazy he treated the role. Like, he, and he was overweight a little bit. Like, he's not obviously super overweight, but he's not like peak shape. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure you agree with me, Adam. Coming off three Roger Moores, it's like, man, Connery is Bond. He is so much yeah. better. I mean, Brozzi's great, too. He's also handsome and suave. But my God, Connery, even lazy. He looks so frigging good. Wears a suit so well. He's just so frigging cool. Like, even bored. And, and you can play – like, he just died and he's sick of dealing – like, you can actually – uh, excuse the boredom within the plot, like where he's at in his career at this point. If you if you really wanted mm. to go there, uh, I don't know. I can forgive a lot. I love him. Even in this one, I love him. <laughs> it's funny because, like you said in the intro and stuff, that he you know was kind of checked out for this movie. I didn't notice it at all, and maybe it is because we just watched a bunch of Roger Moore, right. uh, where Seanery Seanery <laughs> is. Uh, <laughs> He, he's so much like cooler and calmer than Roger Moore anyway, that yeah. maybe I just, you know, it didn't catch on to me the same way. I didn't take yeah. it badly anyway. He's people like this series for different reasons. There are people who absolutely love Roger Moore for the lover and blah, blah, blah. But for me, like uh, 
the the coolness and all of that is what's important but also he, this guy is such a more believable hero rolling in there at the end into Blofeld's lair completely by himself whipping out his gadget to free the uh, astronauts like and yeah. he fights a lot of the you know some of the fights don't look great but that's just because of the period or whatever the period of filmmaking but he, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I take back what I said. I feel like I'm just regurgitating what I hear about this movie, like in documentaries and from what, what mm-hmm. I read about the history of the series. He doesn't look that checked out. He's still, and he, it's not that he's bored. He's a pro. He's just, that's Bond, you know? He's not shook. He's fucking stirred, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good, uh, oh, man. <laughs> Did you notice that? Uh, I think it was Tiger who made him a drink. He fucked it up. It was he Henderson. Henderson he, yeah. he oh, it was Henderson, shaken, right? Right. Yeah. Stirred, right? Stirred, not, or no, shaken, not stirred. Yeah. Well, no, he no, gave no, him stirred. Yes, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I just screwed it, it up. Yeah. But Bond was like, yeah, fine or whatever. Played off like it didn't bother him. I might have mm. to take better notes for Bond here. I just put what a pro slash hero. Like he's just every minute. The spy, uh, he whips out gadgets like like Roger Moore makes a big show of it, and so does Brozzy, big mm-hmm. time. Makes a show of every gadget he uses. But I, oh yeah, when he breaks into the uh, when he <laughs> knocks out the driver and goes into that uh, what's it called Osato Chemicals or whatever, and yeah. busts into that safe. I love in these movies when there's a gadget without any preamble, without. Like there's no uh, reverse engineering. It wasn't Q who gave it to him and explained it, and then it showed up later. He just whips it out of his pocket and breaks it. It's just a safe break. Well, I like- my problem with that was like, why does he just have that in his pocket? It's not like his pocket's full with a bunch of gadgets, and he's been like fighting people, and this is just <laughs> hanging in his pocket, not falling out. That's just so funny because I didn't have a problem with it there, but I totally did when he whipped out the knee pad suction cups and <laughs> and the wrist pad suction cups at the end. He was like yeah. wearing you know traditional uh, Japanese garb, takes that off, and he's wearing like his ninja gray fatigues, and somehow he was hiding those suction cups. Like from the yeah. Ninja Turtles is what I associate them with. I don't know where he hides all his gadgets. Those suction cups have definitely been referenced to like so much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What would you think of the song? I love this song. <laughs> I, I love the song too. Yeah. Ryan, you mentioned Frank's daughter. Did you dig it? Yeah. 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 I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I'm very, like, I feel underwhelmed from the film. Like in a, in a sense, like I expected more from my first Connery film, but... Wow. It's a shame it was this one and not, like, From Russia With Love or something, or Goldfinger, even. I'm more... I don't know, man. I feel like this one's the most over-the-top of all of them. Like, I was I was sitting there watching it towards the end during, like, the, the climax where there's, you know, dozens or hundreds of extras flying around in that action scene. And, like, I know consciously that I like From Russia With Love, Goldfinger, and Doctor No more than this movie. But, God, this is good. Every step of the way, like the mm. set and his acting and the villain, the plot's really easy to follow. The locations are great. Why is this one not talked about? Like, I don't know. I feel like For Much With Love, if you have really high expectations, could be a slow movie. Like if you want, if you go into it not knowing much about Bond, you're just going off what you know through like public uh, perception opinion. or whatever, yeah. opinion, then you might be bored. This one I don't find is boring. But 
It depends on what you expect and what you want. So, like, how how did you find it underwhelming, Ryan? Were you expecting more bombasticness or more seriousness, like especially with Connery and your impression of him? Yeah, I guess coming off the Golden Gun, like there was more like campiness, like real campiness versus this. <laughs> <laughs> There's also so we went from the Kung Fu school to the sumo school in this one. Yeah, the, in the ninjas, yeah. And then the ninjas, yeah, shit. You're going to think all Bond movies have that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess like coming from a brazy kind of standpoint and Craig, like my expectations are high as it is, I guess, with modern films. So it's hard for me to get into retro films. Do you like more of like the, you know, cool gadget, quirky, quippy bond? Or do you like kind of a serious good spy bond generally? I love get the gadgets like that. It's between mm-hmm. that and the cars are my favorite parts of the movies. But I'd say bond has to like, you know, try. <laughs> and it just <laughs> seemed like it didn't in this one. Everything well, yeah, was too easy. A big thing with Connery is that is that he's just calm, cool, and capable. Like, it, yeah. Although Moore's like that too. It's really only Brazi and Craig. Oh no, Timothy Dalton too. They're the ones who like it's the later '80s, '90s, and the aughts when it's a struggle when they finally start to sweat and bleed. Hmm. But early on, it was all just like you know they're. They're fictional. They're beyond what we're capable of. That's a part of James Bond is nobody can be that cool, confident, and invincible, basically. Yeah, like they're supposed to make it look easy. Could you imagine Sean Connery doing that uh, ball torture scene from Casino Royale? Like, (laughs) I Well, what's funny is, shit. Oh, well, you haven't seen this yet. I I was watching it earlier and talking to who I was watching it with. there's a scene from Skyfall and I was like, see, I love Sean Connery, but I can't imagine him doing this scene. And she's like, yeah, he could like, not then maybe. Cause it's kind of a, well, I don't want to spoil any of it, but him in that role, he totally could have. And I actually can see Sean Connery doing that ball torture moment. He and Craig are very, they're quite similar. I really noticed it in this one. Cause he doesn't smile a lot. And Craig doesn't smile a lot, quite serious. Doesn't really care. Kind of jaded. Hmm all about the mission i find those two very very similar i couldn't see roger moore doing anything in this mission or certainly not the ball torture from casino royale or even brosnan yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? but connery i think i could hmm. that's a fun thing too that we could do sometime like or bond now swap. Or, yeah bond swap like can you picture this bond in an or this uh, a different bond in this film yeah. I think Craig could have done this movie. Although no, he wouldn't have done the yellow face. <laughs> well, I sure as hell hope not. Like yeah. They'd just have to do it like the Mission Impossible mask thing. Like that'd be What yes, exactly. If you're gonna like I said earlier, it's not even like racism and insensitivity aside, it's stupid. It just, nobody would believe it. No Japanese person is going to look at that person and think, oh, don't mind him. He's a Japanese person. Like, it's just stupid. Why do I have to do the whole body instead of just the parts that aren't showed? Yeah, you can slouch all you want, bro. You're still Scottish. It's also like, how useful is that even? Like, he's in this little village and 
sure, maybe it's a little more, I don't know, under the radar, but they like go right up to the volcano and he throws a rock on the freaking cover of it. At like, that point, they're done their cover, I think. But yeah, because he's not wearing it anymore. That, that whole thing, him going like posing as a Japanese man and getting married and all that was to get into that village. And I think that could have had a script uh, rewrite. They could have come up with a better way for him to get in there. Maybe him turning Japanese and getting married. Maybe, I don't know if, if I've read this book. I don't know if he does it in the book, but that should have been rethought on film. It didn't really work. That That's probably the worst part of the movie for me. I can't, I can't say for sure, but I know that the, this plot was changed a lot from the book. And uh, Friggin' like, Rowell Dahl. The only thing that was kept like similar was the the location, so maybe. Yeah, I, I know that the, I've got the book. I can't remember it. It's got Japanese like symbols on the cover, so I know they go to Japan, but I don't I don't know the plot. Mm. I yeah, who knows it. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if we're too insensitive, but I don't think so. Because to me, it's not the racial thing as much. It is in other parts of this movie, but it's just it just doesn't work. I, I don't know. I, I found, so like in general, like I was saying at the beginning, I like the movie overall, but the yellow face thing was awful. And the other moment that I really just, it took me out of it a lot, was when he's like hanging out with Tiger and he's like, yeah, men are before women here. They'll wash you and all that jazz. First thing you must know, number one, never do anything someone will do for you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Number two. Uh, and number two, men come first. Women always second. Perhaps I should retire here. <laughs> and when he says something about how, you know, Japanese men have beautiful bare chests. And then he says like, oh, Japanese proverb go uh bird will not make nest in bear tree i'm like fuck dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> like because it's not it's not throughout the whole movie it's not although all, i i but, did i did fuck. like the one retort there when he says ah you british women wouldn't do this oh i could think of a t- few who might <laughs> that i actually <laughs> who, kinda, who, who might get around to it yes <laughs> that i kind of liked for some reason i don't know i yeah, yeah, it's not a good scene. It doesn't age well. There's no no way around no. it. Yeah, an odd choice. Well, not, not even... Who are they playing for there? I, I guess men would have really enjoyed it. Well, It's like maybe. exoticism, right? It's being like, oh, look, Japan is so cool. Like, these women will do stuff for you. Don't you want to, you know... That That is one area, or that is one area where the series has evolved. If they do that, a scene like that with... Ah, never mind, I... I lost that train of thought, but <laughs> the women need more agency there. Not one of those women had a line. Yeah. Like if there were, if it was quippy, if we knew anything more about it, but it's just there straight up objects. And he, he even um, alluded to the fact that they were his property. Cause when he said like, I'll host you, you can have yeah. anything that's mine. All like, including all of my possessions. Exactly. Cut to four cut to women. Them. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's horrible. I can't, <laughs> I'm not going to make excuses for it. Yeah. It's... And I think part of it too, is he not only says, like he says, this is what Japan is like. Like he doesn't say like, it's not like octopussies circus or whatever, where like she does, like they do her bidding. It's or like, they're not doing his bidding necessarily. It's this like, is just Japanese like, women. This is ju- yeah, exactly. Well, was it? Maybe we can look at it like that. Well, because it's probably a sexist culture, just like America is, or Britain was. It all is. 
Like they probably, I mean, in all honesty, they did in many cases, and that's fucking horrible. <laughs> Imperial Japan is the same as Imperial any country. Fill in the. Yeah, women yeah. do come second, and that's fucking awful. <laughs> but he looks but at it like it, it's a good thing. <laughs> exactly. It's super romanticized <laughs> Not, in this movie. Yes, exactly. And that's definitely a problem. Yeah. So you're not factually incorrect. You're just a bunch of douchebags taking advantage of a horrible situation. Oh, I, I, I think I'll take this one. She'll do just fine. Yeah. Supposedly for a massage. Other than uh, that scene, the women in this are pretty great all around. They're badass and it, it sucks every time, except for the last one. The one he marries is kind of a nobody with very, like, she just have, doesn't have enough backstory or screen time. Yeah. But She just runs around in a bikini all yeah, the time. Miss Brant and Aki are both great and it kind of sucks when both of them die. Even yeah. though they both die in kind of severe and silly ways. <laughs> but they're both really great, I found. I really liked Aki. Mm funny and capable and you know sexy and you know uh stands up to bond saved his ass a couple times yeah she did yeah and miss brand was a great villainess for sure i think that was her name yep yeah i I had her down as number 11 Uh, right but she she's kind of like the main the closest thing to a villain besides blofeld right because like the company leader dude i forget his name osako osato he doesn't do anything right yeah, he's not a villain he's like a no. he's like what buddy was a man with a golden gun who uh scaramanga killed the japanese i think he was another japanese guy or chinese guy. I, I don't remember remember in the the gardens what the hell was his name help me out when when scaramanga puts his gun together the first time we see him assemble his gun and he shoots oh. the guy who he was originally working for Han or yes. something like that. He, yeah, he's yeah. like that guy who just like a financier co-conspirator. Who's not really yeah. a villain or a hench person. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. She reminded me of, was it Fiona Volpe in Thunderball? The bat, the girl who was chasing him through the parade and all that, who got killed when they were dancing. She was like a badass. Hench yeah. person, hench lady. Yeah, it's great that the most like competent hench person was was a woman. <laughs> so there's yeah. That. Then they shoehorned in another hench person at the end. We didn't even get his name. Or yeah, the guy who had the key. He was number four, I think. Wikipedia said. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. We're getting a lot of numbers in this one. Yeah. yeah. Well, what did they call Bond? Um, zero zero. Zero zero. And Tiger called him that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Oh man, did you guys? What did you guys think of Tiger? Besides, because I was kind of okay with him. Besides this particularly awful thing we just talked about. But aside from that scene, he's one of my favorite Bond allies. He's great. Mm-hmm. I I love his lair. I love his office. I love that he has a friggin' slide that ends in a chair. Uh, yeah, and his private train. And even. Yeah. If we just accept that this is the world, how he handled that terrible scene was funny. He's just a, I don't know, he's a ballsy dude. She's very sexyful, Mr. Bond. <laughs> this is a good, good sexyful, yeah. <laughs> so sexyful. Uh, what'd you think of Tiger? I like that. I liked his, uh, you know, he's kind of like the Japan equivalent of M16, right? The uh, Secret Service of Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 
so yeah, and like like you guys said, his personality was on point. Like he always like quip quipping with Bond, but um, I think they that was one of the better plot devices was that character. It it was cool actually with his character how like Bond wasn't super in the know for a big chunk of the movie. I know that does happen sometimes, awesome. but it's it's nice to get that. Yeah. I yeah, he was a friggin' pro too. I loved he had the better gadgets this time around. His like I said earlier, his Q lab was awesome. And uh, the tech that he and Aki had, Adam, you and I have talked about this, how uh, Star Trek paved the way for so many things, how their tech predicted so much stuff. But they had their like video phone in their car. They were radioing, radioing in a helicopter with the, oh my God. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but the frigging magnet on the helicopter taking out that car. (laughs) That was Tiger and his crew were awesome. I, yeah. Thank you for bringing him up. Like, yeah, he's one of the parts that makes this movie for sure. For me, him and Aki and, and the, I guess the, the ninja school and everything. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's in my gadget notes, but it's not really a gadget. Uh, cause we kind of talked about all like the big gadgets already, but I liked when right before he cracks the safe and he's fighting that like random hench person, he uses a couch as a weapon very well. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Yeah. I love that fight scene for some reason. It's really good. Yeah. It's one of the better ones in the film, for sure. We are talking about... Sorry, I looked down on my notes. We're, we're talking about when he plays dead, right? And wakes up and fights in the... When he's cracking the safe? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, and then after he cracks his safe, he goes and fights... Or has to fight right. that guy, yeah. Drags him into the room with all the drinks, has a drink... Yeah, yes, that's and a great sit too. Thinks they're gonna, <laughs> and later in the movie, thinks he's still gonna be there when they. They're yeah, open. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the guy scene. he battering rammed with a coach. Right, man. How he uh, after Henderson dies, and he just assumes that guy's identity. Identity. It. I mean, it's a little silly. Him playing sick and coughing and all that, like really would the driver not believe it? But it's a pretty cool spy moment. Like he looks down, sees the driver, hasn't discovered what's going on, goes back and yeah, assumes his identity. Hmm. It, it didn't, it wasn't clear what happened. I thought, I remember watching this before and I thought the guy committed suicide or something, like jumped on a cyanide pill. But I guess he stabbed him with that knife that he brought out. It's kind of an awkward fight scene when he takes out hmm. that assassin before he puts on his trench coat and whatnot. Yeah, my note was he's uh, yeah. he's he pulls a better fake sick than Ferris Bueller, just coughing and laying and sweating. That's right. <laughs> I was confused at first when you brought it up because you were saying play dead, and I'm like, but that happened in the like before, like at the beginning of the movie, he he played dead. Right. But no, he, he plays dead and then he plays sick. Plays sick. Yeah. 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 Oh, I can't go to school today. <laughs> How about this? There in that scene and many others. I don't know what copy you guys were watching. If it was just me or if it's an actual production thing. There were no subs, right? No, no. I had captions on, and it was there for all the other stuff, but not for the like Japanese and everything. For the Japanese or like when the Russians, when the Russian ship is taken, they're like scream and like there's a long close up, like 15 seconds, and it goes back and forth between the two different cosmonauts yelling at a screen and there's no subs i, I kind of like that like we don't need it we know no you get <laughs> enough yeah 
There's a scene in uh, Quantum of Solace in the pre-title sequence where the Italian police say, like, you know, they radio in that they're chasing an Alfa Romero, Aston, whatever, and it subtitles it. Like, we don't need that subtitle. And I thought that it was, like, unnecessary subtitles, but it's actually a product placement. They had to subtitle it because they actually dropped the name of the car in the subtitle. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I we don't that. always need to know what the guys are saying. You can discern it from their stress. <laughs> yeah, it didn't make any difference in plot. No. No, it worked well enough. Although those scenes were pretty drawn out, eh? Like all of those kind of like, oh, the spacecraft thing is happening. And then it would be that for like five minutes, like cut back and forth. And There was a point, yeah, towards the end of the second act. I forget where we left Bond, but when it showed the Russian spaceship taken off and Spectre taking that one again and showing them coming back to the volcano and the, for the first time, the volcano opening up and you seeing Blofeld and his cat for the first time. That was like 15 minutes in the middle of all of the action with very mm. little dialogue except Russian <laughs> and and just you know models spaceships eating spaceships and turning around in space and all that. yeah like they're really relying on your patience like they did with Thunderball except mm. with this one I found it a lot less boring for some reason yeah it wasn't too bad I found did you feel it was bad Ryan or it took too long no no not at all but um like again imagine watching it in the theater in 67 that's some yeah. pretty cool yeah. shots right like yeah, definitely. There True were, enough. yeah, it just depends on my mood, like what we're doing right now. When I'm really looking into it, I go back and forth between, God, it's so cool what they do with these models. It actually looks really real. And then I'm like, hmm. but does it? That's just a tiny little model. <laughs> and they're flipping it around and the stars are, it looks quite silly. But for what they were doing in 67, it's astonishing. It's so cool. For me, like we had it in the pre-title, right? And it snipped the guy's lifeline. I was super on board for that one. I was like, you know, full eyes on it. But the, by the time we see that again with the Russian one, I'm just like, yeah, I like. And then again, I saw this at the climax. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Luckily, it got shorter with the one at the climax. But still, yeah. Yeah. It's like again with Thunderball in the water. Like they kept coming back. <laughs> They do that yeah. a lot. Like they come back to the same thing. Like it's all foreshadowing. Like the pre-title is often foreshadowing to how the movie's going to end. Mm-hmm. I don't mind repetition as long as there's variation. Right. And there, right. there, there was for Slight. a bit for sure. But not. yeah, the second time around, we got to see the ship flip around and then re-enter. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about because they had those little like things like shooting gas or whatever to spin it around. Uh, or like fuel, I don't know. But like, if you were in space, it would just keep spinning, right? Like you would just spin forever. Yeah, with, without reverse forever, thrusters but... or whatever. Yeah. Like without another thruster to correct it, to get you back on point and then level off. Exactly. I don't know. I'm not a physicist, but still, yeah. There's something not entirely correct about it. Well, that that's... No. A, oh, satellites are in perpetual free fall, right? That's how they work. And just constantly in orbit. So you don't need... To have mm-hmm. that propulsion. Did you guys notice uh, at Tiger's lair and then in Blofeld's lair on the security footage, it was playing It was playing security footage that was just shots from the movie. Yes. Like yeah. when, when Bond arrived at Tiger's lair, it was just a shot like where were those security cameras that were literally panning behind him as he's running or whatever. Like those are some damn good security cameras. Yeah. And say, there <laughs> 
there was one shot in Blofeld's lair of the ship, their ship that was about to swallow the American ship. And then there was like, they have security footage. That's like a few yards outside of it watching this happen. So what, do they have a satellite up there with this, with the security camera hooked up, sending down a feed? I always laugh at that shit in movies. Like where, when you have a security, uh, screen where is the supposed camera <laughs> yeah yeah and in this one there's no way it makes sense a few different times especially it being like shots from the movie like as the audience in the tiger one for example like you just yeah. watched this and now Exa- you're seeing it exact again. same shots they just did yeah. a replay yeah. yeah but again yeah something that wasn't commonplace in 67 too true so yeah you might Okay. And I, that might be a little overly nitpicky, but that's a bit of a pet peeve for me. It, it reminds me a little bit just now of, you know, in Spaceballs, when they watch Spaceballs to see what happens next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Oh, but on, on, in um, Blofeld's lair, when I think it's, they show the second rocket they steal coming down and land, that kind of technology, mm-hmm. like a, a spaceship landing, SpaceX has been trying to nail that for the last so many years, like decade. And Spectre l- had it literally, ago. they literally <laughs> nailed it last week. First one without like really? an explosion at the end. So <laughs> it was wow. 67 to 21, you know, that's how far it took. What's that, 54 yeah. years? Not bad. 54, yeah. 50, 54 years, yeah crazy i did like the volcano lair in general i like the so the piranhas were funny that's the thing so many cartoons have like done that you know or video games or whatever Uh, and austin powers again like either you know sharks with lasers on their heads i think at one point he does have a piranha pool because they they dunk a hench person's head in and pop it back out and the head's gone yeah 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 Yeah. i was like that's definitely uh, it kind of reminded me of dr no's lair a bit had the same aesthetic of it the the big volcano part did like yeah the big uh, establishing shots like the the high up mm-hmm. ones but even like do you remember dr knows like fancy living room yeah. area and there was like where the piranha yeah. pool was kind of had that ornate opulent yeah, rug right. situation definitely had some similarities well they, they probably go to the same uh, decorator <laughs> yeah it's that's what's his name ken adams or whatever yeah, yeah. dr no, dr no had the, like uh blofeld yeah. recommended the same decorator to dr no yeah it's Spe- specter commission I, I laughed pretty like how does that little trap bridge work and it that's in his office like it's not in his like execution cellar that he has this like and there's no railing or anything you've With got this a foot, per- a foot pedal like he could just like step on that by accident <laughs> Not that he cares if he loses any men, clearly, but still, mm. he's like an old, really odd looking. I, I I don't know how well he is on his feet, and there's no railing on that bridge or anywhere. He might slip and fall off at any point. And <laughs> like, how stable is like? I mean, how reliable is that pedal? What if it loosens when you just go across it anyway? Yeah, I don't know about Good that point. office. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, uh. Early in the movie, uh, M's boat office, like when when uh, Bond is first uh, cut out of his underwater mummification, it goes mm-hmm. into his uh, M's boat office, Tiger's office, the volcano lair. There are some really awesome interiors, great sets. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and location wise, it was mostly uh, 
Japan and Hong Kong. But did you guys, did you chuckle a little bit or notice when he first gets to Tokyo that it felt like the production company really, really wanted you to know that they were in Tokyo? Like all the shots of the city. A neon sign that said, welcome to Tokyo. Yeah, exactly. And then all the restaurants and everything else. That was probably part of the deal. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Mm. Right. Speaking of deals and stuff, did you notice that in this movie the villains are like, cigarettes are bad for you, Bond. And then the good guys are like, look at this cool cigarette where you can use it as a gadget. That's interesting. Because this was definitely like, hey, back to Mad Men. This is when advertisers were trying to save cigarettes because all the studies mm. were coming out about how bad cigarettes are for you. So by making the people who say cigarettes are bad for you, the villains and the heroes are the ones smoking them. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if they had some cash in this movie at all. That's a, oh. that's an awesome point. No, it's been proven that big tobacco, just like big oil or any other big corporation, yeah. when they have interests, they do those things. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. They, uh, yeah. Put money into film. They did that in that. Thank you for smoking movie. Like rather than just doing straight up ads, we'll just, invest a bunch rather than you know we've got x x amount of dollars for our advertising budget let's take some out of that and pay some studios to put pro smoking themes in films yeah because it wasn't like it wasn't like marlboro or something right. it was just like a, there was a theme of smoking right it was like the big tobacco lobby put money into it not marlboro yeah or like Lucky blofeld even says the line specifically the nicotine's not going to kill you bond Right. Like in context, it's like a threat. But if you just look at that, you're like, huh. Wow. I love that. That's a great take. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. That part's funny that it's not. Yeah. Marlboro or Lucky Strike. It's it's like it's a lobby who's advocating for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not because they also had a few brand specific things with Sony. For sure. Again, Sony's a constant advertiser here. Yeah. Well, it's all Japanese companies, right? Isn't it? Or I suppose Sony's what, Korean? I'm not sure. But Toyota is uh, Japanese. Toyota definitely is, yeah. yeah. Is Suzuki a brand? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the one he marries after is Kissy Suzuki. That's just, it's name. just a common right. name in Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. The name came before the company, okay. Did you notice his, uh, we were talking about Bond earlier, comparing him to others. Uh, he had a bit of a Roger Moore moment when he talked about the temperature you're supposed to drink sake at. 98.4. Degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> could you imagine having a tongue that could, you know, <laughs> sense decimals of Fahrenheit degrees? <laughs> yeah. I just love a know-it-all Bond moment. That was definitely one. Yeah. yeah. I That reminds me, I wanted to bring up the Blofeld thing where... Uh, so he knows that it's Bond or some like a, you know, someone in the astronaut suit because he brings on the air conditioner to the thing. Uh, that was a parallel with From Russia with Love with that wine scene where he knows he's a fake British agent because he gets red wine with fish. Right, right. And it's kind of like Blofeld one-upping Bond in a later movie in right, a way. Because right. the, the guy playing someone else didn't know his business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So before it was Bond with the upper hand and now it's Blofeld. I thought of From Russia with Love with the Henderson scene. His, I don't know if it was all ADR or what, but that friggin', I don't know if you could get more British than that guy's accent was. 
and how, how I've lived it. Yeah. Like, buddy, don't worry about it. You may have lived in Japan for 28 years, but you are still full on British for sure. I mean, he said himself he was just getting the hang of it. Yeah, just learning my way around or whatever. He said old boy a few times like he did in From Russia With Love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we only like barely scraped over the gadgets with... Uh, Little Nelly, we you got to talk about that stunt. I, I put Little Nelly. Is it a gadget or a stunt? Like I don't know where to put it, because that's a pretty wicked scene. Like that thing, they're actually flying it clearly, like the far shots. And I, we've talked about this a lot, Adam, in the last several weeks. The uh, really good stunts that are ruined by the close-ups, the rear projections. Because yeah. other, like I tried not to look too hard at those. <laughs> yeah, if it was just all shots from afar, that shit looks awesome. Like it. Like they have actual stunt pilots up there doing all these crazy things. And like the close-ups of the explosions, they are, they are, whatever. But the, the only things that really ruin it for me are the close-ups of the face with the video going on in the background, the rear projection. Yeah. That's really bad. But yeah. otherwise, great stunts with Little Nelly. Yeah, it's not totally my thing, honestly. No. It's those are the scenes I look away. <laughs> you know? I, I, I loved that one. Like, it was kind of like Goldfinger where he went through every single one of his options with, yeah. with the DB5, how he used all the weapons that Q just mentioned. But it looked just silly enough that it was campy and fun, but not ridiculous like Octopussy. And it was, I don't know, I liked it. I've, it was a well choreographed, kind of convincing scene. It, like Connery was a little bit fun through it. Did you like it, Ryan? I, I I did, and it's probably like one of the few times that the gadget overlaps with the, the vehicle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Until you get into the new ones, and they got all the all the tech in the cars, but like invisibility and all the secret weapons. So there was three helicopter things to note. There was that big action scene, the helicopter magnet, which was pretty cool. Like there were a few close-ups that were bad and a few times where it was clearly a model, but otherwise that was a pretty cool idea that was kind of well executed. Do you remember the scene where the helicopter tries to shoot down Kissy Suzuki, who's swimming to yeah. shore to get help? Yeah. That seemed pretty dramatic, right? And yeah, why didn't they hit her? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She just swam underwater too fast. <laughs> They're kind of used. That's where Sean Connery's wife was in it. She was an underwater double for Suzuki. Oh, that's cool. The other helicopter I was going to mention isn't on screen. It's the helicopter shot when Bond is running away from Miss Brandt and Osato. And he's up on the roof and he's fighting like 20 hench people. And it's a helicopter shot shooting from way above. And he's like running and there's like some fun score. And there's so many dudes that he's punching at least three feet away from. <laughs> that actually reminds me. I wanted to talk about the score because I really like the score in this movie yeah. that was a great shot like scene where the score made it seem like you know here's bond fighting people and he does this all the time kind of yeah, thing like yeah. the way the music went you were like oh yeah this is just he does this like you're not worried he's yeah just totally fighting people. he's a hero there's no problem for him and like yeah. the music does it and how they shot it like it was sort of it was a, a helicopter shot panning slowly around yeah. the building kind of slow and it's just don't worry for one second there might be 20 of them but he's got this <laughs> yeah and I yeah. thought the score worked really well in a lot of times in this movie where 
it just really amped up what like the emotion of the scene and it's not overdone like a lot of movies like i had had it written down in the pre-title sequence with that shot of the space shuttle stuff it was like really cool epic kind of music going with that yeah and they for a change uh, even though I'm not super happy about it, they didn't <laughs> overdo the Bond theme. I think the only mm. time they really did it was the Little Nelly helicopter chase. There was a couple like spy moments that it came, but again, it wasn't it was like it wasn't just you know going over and over again. Another good moment actually was when he uh, is floating down to the submarine to be ripped out from his mummification. Uh, yeah, there was yeah. like a really nice piece of music that, you know, accompanied that and then resolved kind of as he was taken into the submarine. I was just really well done. I really noticed the score this time. Permission to come aboard. <laughs> <laughs> so polite. Uh, yeah, that's good. I didn't entirely notice it, I guess. Just a few big moments. I thought it, I, had you asked me, I would have said it was silent when his uh, mommy went down. To the ocean floor mm. all i was thinking was oh fuck here we go again thunderball because <laughs> it looked exactly the same yeah, but it, yeah. but it blessedly it was only about a minute long <laughs> yeah yeah uh and other than that the the theme song god i love those strings so for music i just had that in my head the whole time and i didn't really notice it uh mixed in with the score much like they often do they they did a few things there was like this kind of one of the asian-esque themes score wise for the music was part of the accompaniment for the, the song and then there was that string thing that comes from the guitar riff in the song i see yeah. right on did you notice i've mentioned it a few times uh at the end one of blofeld's tricks adam that he does mm. a fair amount i've mentioned it blofeld's tricks i'm setting you up here it's happened a few times where somebody screws up Oh, and he kills the other one. Kills yeah. the other person. I think he did it twice. You thought he was going to kill Osato, and he killed Miss Brant. And then at the end, time is up, Mr. Bond. Or, no, this is what I do to failure. And he kills the other guy. He loves the yeah. fake out. Yeah, and then yeah. 15 seconds later, goes to kill him and then gets a dart in the hand or a throwing knife. A throwing uh, yeah, shuriken. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a little silly. I Yeah, had you asked me before, and uh, whenever – we talk about that or whenever I talk about this movie to other people, I say how awesome Blofeld is, but he's a little disappointing this time around. I know we talked about it a bit at the start, but there should have been more of him, And he just kind of sneaks away and failed to kill Bond again. Maybe he's the most realistic Bond villain though, because like in the real world, how often do the agents meet the big bad boss, right? Like not often. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. And he didn't do a big, stupid monologue, right? He just kind of was like, you're here, okay. <laughs> like, I'll kill you, but I'm not going to tell you anything. I wonder, Yeah, that's true. Maybe he's a bit more realistic. I just, we've watched mm. so many of these, and I want him to say, okay, well, we have two hours until these ships are intercepting. Come and have a meal with me where we'll talk yeah. about everything. I'm just so used to that, and that didn't happen in this one. Ref- refresh my memory, but it's... Like Blofeld is also played by um, in the Craig ones. Uh, Don't say it. Okay, but it, Spoiler it, he is comes back then, right? Like, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, and 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 he like is a gift of an actor. So, you know, when that movie was coming out and everybody knew he was in it, 
uh, they were all, it was rumored that that's who he was playing and they denied it. It's like a twist in the movie. Right. But the so fucking that's why you're not telling me. Yeah. The movie's called Spectre. Of course, Blofeld's going to be back. It's, <laughs> He's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't want to talk about it. You haven't it. seen it, Adam? <laughs> no, no. I'm on, I'm on the voyage. This <laughs> is the first time through, man. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. How can you go through your life without seeing any of them? Like, here we hello he's now no. seen more than most people <laughs> yeah yeah true by far i would say yeah this is we're over half this was 13 man yeah lucky 13 i just want to watch rewatch the brosman and greg ones now really i want to watch more brosies when do we get more brosies <laughs> coming up soon man it just i don't know it didn't quite fit with judy dench and anyway we're, we're coming up we've got We've been watching only Roger Moore and Sean Connery for like two months. Well, for 30, 40 years, that's all there was, really. So. Wow. It's true. Maybe I should have done it differently. Uh, we were talking during the break there before you came back, Ryan, about how we'll do season two. So maybe you can do the order next time, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> how would you arrange yes. them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be fun. I could make an order. Yeah. It, it's really hard because... You've got a guy who did six, a guy who did seven, a guy who did one, a guy who did two, four, and five. How do you spread it out? And the plots are drastically different. His age fluctuates. It's, yeah, it's really hard to figure out how to do it without mm-hmm. getting too many in a row. Anyway, we'll, we'll cross that bridge another day. I can still rearrange it. We could bump up some brazies. But mostly what I'm doing is to get to Skyfall at a certain point. As long as Skyfall is like number 23 or whatever, which you'll see why mm-hmm. when we get there. I'm really – I'm doing a little experiment that I'm excited to uh, see the results of, to see how well Skyfall mm-hmm. lands after watching all of these movies. Stick to your vision. Stick to your vision. Yeah. I shall. Stick to it. But you're right. I'm kind of missing some of the new ones too, newer ones. But we're, uh, yeah, we're getting there. Next week's, I'm also happy to get through, like, Thunderballs behind us. And next week is my next least favorite one, honestly. Like, the one that I always put on the bottom of the list, like the worst Bond movie ever, is one that I've watched more than a lot of other ones. Like, it's terrible, but it's fun to watch. And that's Brazzy's last one, Die Another Day. Like, I'm not dreading that one at all because it's fun. But, like, Thunderball and Diamonds Are Forever are ones that I'm never excited to watch. So I'll be also excited to get some of these ones out of the way. Cause it, like mm. the newer ones, they're not all great, but they're, they're fun. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll just be easy coasting at some point. We, it, we yeah. Watch all but, the oh nice man, ones. we're, we're going to have three brazies in a row. If I stick to the list that we're on, like we did with three Roger Moore's in a row. That sounds fun. And, yeah, it will be. Bring me back for a brazy. All right. On that, we might as well wrap up. Would you want to be a uh, – we've got somebody lined up for Goldeneye, well, JP, mm-hmm. and we're going to – we will have already set the precedent for a two-guest episode. You could come along for that one, bud. Whatever. You and JP, that, that would, if you can come down, that would be fun. Oh, yeah, it would be. I'd definitely be game. That, that would be a good one for sure. So much nostalgia for Goldeneye. We'll have a lot of fun with that one. Yeah. Do you have any more thoughts on this one, Ryan or Rob? I know you've always had more thoughts, Rob. So, Ryan, do you have any more thoughts on Yolt? I wish I did, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm only a little bit sad right now at the uh, 
at the end of the movie, James Bond will return in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And I, I wish we were that. just watching in order because I'm I can't wait for that one. Yeah. It's only two weeks away, right? Roughly. Yeah. Roughly, depending on if we take a break or not. So so generally, Ryan, you're disappointed by Sean Connery. I just I'm just really curious because it's your first Connery. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still on the fence. I need to see other mm-hmm. performances by him, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I'll like him more and realize that that's who he is as Bond. Check out From Russia with Love. Check out Goldfinger. Yeah. I mean, I love Doctor No too, but like that's the original. Like those first three are so goddamn good. From Russia with Love is still kind of my favorite Bond I've seen so far. Kinda. Well, I'll see see if I can fit some in before the Brazi episode yeah. is the golden eye the first brazi one you guys are doing uh we we've already done tomorrow never dies oh but gold golden eye is the next one we're gonna be doing yeah okay right on i uh i'll say i'm this is the last good sean connery and this is the most <laughs> i've enjoyed sean Con- like i always love him and i i've loved from rush with love for a long time new love for dr no and uh as i said in the gold finger episode I find that's one I go to most often, but this time through, I maybe it's because we watch these Rogies so quick or whatever. I've really been disenchanted to him, and I love Sean Connery so much, so I'm a mm. little sad that we're through his good ones. Maybe I'll like Diamonds Are Forever more than I remember it next week, but that's my final thoughts. We're, we've only got one Sean Connery left, and mm. the dude died last year. Makes me a little sad that we're through his on this voyage of ours he is like in a lot of ways the most bond bond so it is kind of sad yeah to come to an end with it granted you've seen two crags uh one dalton and one brazi and those guys to me are like i like (laughs) i think i've said this before roger moore is one of my favorite uh people who played Bond, but he's my le- one of my least favorite Bond. Like, on screen, he's my least favorite Bond. Outside of the movies, he seems like a really cool guy, and he loved to play mm. it. He was really into it. But, uh, yeah, he's not... It just doesn't work as well on screen. They're fun, but they're not nearly as good. So, we've watched majority Connery and more so far. You haven't seen Lazenby yet at all, and only one Dalton, and mm. yeah, one or two of the others. So... It makes sense that Connery is by far the best. But those other guys, they got well, a lot of Bond in them. I didn't say best. <laughs> I said most Bondy Bond because he was the first Bond. He established the Bond. You know, yeah. he's Bond, James Bond. And you're right. <laughs> yeah, that he is. That was, yeah. you know, the public's Bond. First public's Bond. The first real Bond Still, is the author. Yeah. He was Bond. So many people now, when you... If you like take a general poll, it's like who who's James Bond to you? It's whoever was the first one you saw and Sean Connery. You can name two. So yeah. for many for many people, it's Roger Moore or Sean Connery or Pierce Brosnan or Sean Connery. It's that damn now, Scottish Bond. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, he did it so well that Ian Fleming wrote in that he is Scottish after he played him in Dr. No. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> he did it so well. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, that comes yeah. back. It kind of explained in uh, Craig one, right? Spectre, right? Mm-hmm. Skyfall. Oh, it's in They go back to Scotland. Yeah. Where it was Roy. Wait, is Daniel Craig's Bond also Scottish? They all are. No, they're not. 
Well, <laughs> he's uh, Craig is English. Uh, Dalton, I think, is Welsh. Brozzy's Irish. Lazenby's Australian. So yeah, it's only uh, there's two, and uh, Roger Moore, I think, is also English. So it's just Connery, who's actually Scottish, but the character in the novels is Scottish. That's what I meant. Yes. Yeah. But the actors who played them are not so much. But but Daniel Craig's Bond in the movies is canonically Scottish. Yes, but he doesn't have a Scottish accent. He's definitely English. It's, it's the only yeah. one where they like explore his backstory. That one and Spectre, yeah. All right, yeah. That's why I must have him confused. Yeah, they, they definitely unnecessarily, controversially, dive too much into his background in Spectre. I'm looking forward to it. Me too, man. I... I keep talking about it week after week on the podcast and outside of it. I'm getting pretty itchy. This is the longest I've gone without watching Skyfall in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was just talking about it over the weekend. Uh, My sister and her partner watched it for the first time, actually. And she was telling me all about it. And I was like, yeah, fuck. I was like, I needed a fix. Oh, man. I'm joking. I'm joking. Kind of. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> I kid. <laughs> Jump into Loki. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll do. Even though there's only two episodes out. So. Is that all? All right. Well, tell them where to find us, Adam. So tweet at us at 007 Bon Voyage on Twitter. Same handle on Instagram. Uh, email us at 007bonvoyage at gmail.com. Tell us what you think of these movies. Who's your Bond? Do you think you should live only once and maybe not twice? Who knows? <laughs> Let maybe, us know. Maybe recommend an episode or two that you know where we don't watch the movie. Yeah, if anyone has ideas for bonus episodes or any other kind of content you want from us, shoot it our way. I have one. Okay. Just one where you discuss Rob's Bond addiction. (laughs) Intervention episode. (laughs) That's the great one we do after the season where we get all the previous guests back to give you an intervention. The last thing we need is an episode where we talk about me. I talk that Adam gets that at work. I do most of these episodes basically doing that. We don't need a whole thing actually devoted to that. I managed to make it about me even when it's not about me. So <laughs> It'd be funny to have an episode about you where you're not allowed to talk. <laughs> oh man. That's too terrible. Uh, right. and embarrassing. <laughs> it is what it is. All right. All right. Bon voyage, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, we'll see you next time. For now, bon voyage. Bon voyage.